This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Wait. Wait. Trump and then Kasich? Trump and then Kasich? I don't mean where they finished because I already knew that, as you know. But a state that, like, they come down to their final decision, and it's, well, okay, I I like Trump, but if not Trump, then Kasich. This is a state that goes out to a restaurant and says, all right, I want to have just lettuce on the plate, a couple of boiled turnips, and that's all. I want no salt on the table, no sugar, no caffeine, no butter. No bread. It's lettuce and a couple of boiled turnips. Or I think I'll have the banana split with wedding cake on top. Wait, wait. A state that says Trump and then Bernie Sanders too? New Hampshire, political schizophrenia. Call the political doctor. I'm in. Excelsior. Wow, whoa, radio partners, friends, radio family, best and brightest. It's the Jaily News. We've been printing all night, today's edition. And by virtue of our being published by the Blaze Radio Network, we are here at your service. one 888 Nothing special about this show, except that we do them once every four years only. Now we know what happened in New Hampshire. Well, now everyone knows what happened in New Hampshire. If we were together yesterday, you know what happened in New Hampshire uh, before the polls closed. Because I knew before the polls closed what was going to happen in New Hampshire. And so therefore you did. And who better to accompany you on your trek through the forest of the most important presidential campaign of your lifetime and maybe in the life of our nation than me, your loyal Sherpa, 
Costomaja, Chalukanuk. Those are <clears throat> those are Nepali Sherpa terms. Uh, Costomaja means I am almost dead. Uh, and and when there's a earthquake, no, sorry, when there's an avalanche nearby, that the Sherpas survive, they take off all their clothes, they roll in the snow. Again, this requires having just survived a life-ending situation. They take off of their clothes, they roll in the snow, and they yell, Costo Masha, I am almost dead. And uh, also, Chalukanuk, which means, oh, what fun. Uh, and how does Guru Jay know this? Family connections, obviously. Nepali family connections, obviously. Well, that was quite an evening. Less suspenseful to some others than to us. Again, having had access to the essential results before the close of polls. Here's your headline for today. Among many, but your legitimate headline. Everybody is reporting right now that... Chris Christie will quit before the sun rises. Maybe before the sun goes down. I, knowing what goes into a presidential campaign firsthand, I don't take particular, with rare exceptions, I don't take any, uh, I don't take any particular joy of any kind uh, even what I regard as justifiable schadenfreude uh, in in someone dropping out of any enterprise. Dropping out of the presidential race is like losing your business. It's like closing down a business. Closing down a campaign is like closing down a business. It's not just the business that goes. You're, you're part of your heart and liver and lungs and spleen go with it. And it's... <clears throat> It's never good. It's like when someone gets sick. It's that's never funny. It's never good. And it's not as serious as someone getting sick, but it flirts with that kind of seriousness. So I try to extend as much understanding as my experience would would warrant. And so I even though it's Chris Christie, even though I don't care for him, even though I have a lot of bad things to say about him, per inch, per square pound. I have a lot of bad things to say about him. It is, uh, it's not funny. Again, with rare exception, I say that please note the asterisk because there could come times during this campaign when someone's campaign will end and I will be jumping around the studio like a chimpanzee, shaking bottles of, you know, Coca-Cola spraying it all over the place like I just won the World Series. So there are exceptions. But the consensus is uh, that Christie's dropping before the sun rises. And wouldn't you know, as we speak, here's a tweet just now from Carly Fiorina. Today I am suspending my campaign. My full statement is here. Facebook.com slash Carly Fiorina. 
So I was about to say, why is Carly not out? Because as of the hour going to air a few minutes ago, Carly was not out. And I found that very odd because according to the rules of the game, you could stay in if you want. I mean, no, no one can really complain if you stay in. But at a certain point, at a certain point, voters, I was going to say your party, but that doesn't really matter anymore. And that's the party's fault. So I, I have no regret about that. The Republican Party, what's happening or happened to the once proud Republican Party, good. They're getting everything they deserve. You know, everything that Donald Trump is, some other Republican could have been, but they didn't choose to. As I've said, I'm a Ted Cruz guy, but I could use Ted Cruz. I'm using Donald Trump out of deference because he's he's the leader. But if you want, I could use Ted Cruz. The Republican Party could have been Ted Cruz. But, I mean, it's it's actually, you know, far fairer and more illustrative to use Trump. What What did Trump do last night? Trump won, and this is why the internals matter so much, the internal polling, that they never report. And what makes it such a challenging and fun game. We'll talk in just a moment about the actual finish and who got so many points and all of that in just a second. You, you know that already, but you may not know the numbers for each or recall the placement but the internals the polls were absolutely right if you looked at the internals of the polls and i mean polls that were available you had to dig for them but you could have found them online the polls were right good polls not the crap polls the good polls donald trump was pegged to finish uh way ahead of whoever was second and there was no discernible group in which Donald Trump did not do well. I, I, last night, Donald Trump in New Hampshire, in New Hampshire, Donald Trump split the evangelical vote. And yes, believe it or not, it is substantial in New Hampshire. Donald Trump split the evangelical vote with Ted Cruz. But among all other discernible psychodemographic groups, among those who want trustworthy, those who want honest, those who want strong, those who want basically conservative, those who are women, those who are men, those who are young women, those who are young men, those who regard themselves as, you know, take every demographic group. That's that they use in polling and that they break the results into. And Trump won, I believe, every single one of them. And as for that ground game, you'll recall we said the ground game is something he missed in Iowa, but may not pay a price for in New Hampshire because it's such a completely different animal. It's it's so much smaller the vote is so much more concentrated it's a primary not a caucus well donald trump's disdain for a ground game and that's been reported that he just thinks it's 
horse hockey, and he doesn't want to spend money on it. Well, he got away with that in New Hampshire because the polls were right. He really was ahead by double digits. And right now, for what it's worth, the most recent poll in South Carolina is probably too old to even be considered, probably too old to be mentioned, though I'll quickly mention it. And I will say this, if it's too old, it's actually showing Trump less strong than he might be on the heels of his massive, and it was massive, victory last night. The latest poll, I think about 10 days old in South Carolina, shows Donald Trump already 16 points up on the next guy, which would be Ted Cruz in the Republican primary. The finish, the percentages, and just a tiny wee bit somewhere of why it was one of my best night of pre-analyses in my career. Next. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show. And my partners on the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 one An epic night, e- even though there may not have been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, inhal- sudden inhalations of breath shockers, it was uh, a heck of a night. Uh, the headline news is that Christie is expected to drop out before the sun rises, maybe before it sets. Carly Fiorina dropped out, apparently. No, she dropped out, period. When she did that was apparently moments ago. I don't believe she was officially out at five minutes before three Eastern, but at five after three, she was out. Uh, she's doing the right thing. You do yourself no good if you think you can't win. You must believe, and it's a different kind of belief than morale, right? We can do this. We can do this. Yeah, but when you sit in a room by yourself or with your top advisor, your best friend, your spouse, 
whomever. And, you know, you're addicted to, the people who do this are addicted to it. They're exhausted. They're bleary-eyed. They're half insane. They really are half insane with fatigue, exhaustion, starvation. Well, maybe not in Christie's case. Uh, but you, one is addicted to it. Everyone connected with the campaign is addicted to their adrenaline junkies. I include myself. And choosing to shut that down, to change your life, can you imagine what it's like to be programmed 20 hours a day, literally, for a year or two, seven days a week, and then all of a sudden you are last night in the New Hampshire primary in front of the lights, the cameras, you're watching television up in your suite. And then all of a sudden, within 48 hours, you're sitting at your kitchen table with your comfy pants on. And no one's calling. No one's knocking at the door. No news cameras. All the things that you said for the last year. What a pain in my ass. And and when Christy has a pain in his ass... You're talking about stuff that registers on the Richter scale, like Hillary Clinton. But all of a sudden now, the things about which you complained are the things which add up to a shuddering silence. All of a sudden, you're in your kitchen with a Coca-Cola and the radio's on. And if you hear anything of particular interest to you, it's fourth in the news you're listening to a story about a three-car pile up on the new jersey turnpike and the next story is and in other news today you went from being yesterday's national headline to and in other news uh, the newark zoo is seeking a budget increase Oh, and our former governor, or our governor, Chris Christie, is dropping out of his 20-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year enterprise to become president of the United States. I'll tell you, I've been in a couple of those kitchens. They're very lonely kitchens. They're very lonely kitchens, and it's never funny. Although, as I say, we'll try to make as many tasteful exceptions as we can. So in a state that had a choice between two Republicans and chose people at opposite ends of the cosmic spectrum, Trump and Kasich, it's political schizophrenia, and then if you break it down the other way, as people who live in the same state next door to each other had a choice between a candidate from each party and they chose Trump and Sanders. Bernie Sanders, a a, a noted, known, avowed, card-carrying, registered Marxist, 
New Hampshire voters elevated him to one of the top two political choices for president of the United States in New Hampshire? Okay, well, the finish last night was as follows. And you know this, but in case you haven't written it down or you're unclear, I mean, it's easy to do. Believe me. Uh, Believe me. Number one, on the Republican side, let's do Democrats first. Quicker, right? Sanders, you bested. And Clinton, he beat her like a rented mule. He flogged her. He was down. She was ahead of him two to one, three to one on like New Year's Day. It was hopeless. There was no way that Bernie Sanders could compete in New Hampshire with Hillary Clinton, notwithstanding that he had for a long time been an office holder in neighboring Vermont and they have the whole good neighbor policy and all of that, right? It's not and it never is as simple as somebody beat somebody, you know, A beat B. It's always the entire horse race from gate to gate. And in this horse race, a horse named Bernie Sanders, who was given uh, and warranted no chance uh, by the rules of logic and the universe and gravity, came from 30 lengths back to make Hillary look like a mule. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. These are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 Okay, the finish. One, Trump, 35%. Two, Kasich. 16. Note, this means Trump not only won, or we can genericize this if you want, but, you know, and maybe that's more appropriate. The first place finisher in New Hampshire in 2016 beat the second place finisher by two to one. Note, so long as Trump has a number of more establishmentarian figures who insist on staying in the race, they will continue to muddy the waters to his benefit. As long as Trump has a number of establishment, at least more establishmentarian figures staying in this race, they will continue to split the vote And Trump will own the outsider lane. And that's a very big deal. And it's a very big deal to Trump. And it's a very big deal to us, you know, whomever you are for. 
because it's a political fact of life. It's a law of gravity. Trump loves, you know, you hear that Carly got out today. You think that makes Trump happy? Uh Uh-uh. If Christie drops out tonight, you think that makes Trump happy? Uh -uh, uh -uh, Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Trump wants, as any front runner, Trump or anybody else, any front runner who is winning or who wins by this kind of margin, wins because of the split vote underneath him on the ticket. He wants people, he wants more people to get in, not to drop out. All right, Trump won. One, Trump, 35. Two, Kasich, 16. Three, Cruz, 12. Four, Bush, 11. Uh, Jeb Bush spent $1,200 per vote in, uh, in New Hampshire. He spent $36 million in New Hampshire. The vote turnout was somewhere around 500000 Bush spent $36 million or about $1,200, $1,300 per vote. Just by way of a footnote, Ted Cruz came in ahead of Bush and spent $500,000, which, yes, means that Cruz spent a dollar for each vote he got, and Bush had to spend $1,300 per vote that he got. Again, it cost Ted Cruz a dollar for each vote he got. It cost Bush twelve to $1,300, maybe more, uh, for every vote he got. All right, back to the finish. One, Trump. Two, Kasich. Three, Cruz, four, Bush, five, Rubio with 11, which is within a, a, you know, a tenth of a percentage point uh, tied with Bush. So Rubio and Bush finished the same, which you don't need me to tell you, this is very good news for Bush and very bad news for Rubio, Rubio. Wherefore art thou, Rubio? I'll tell you wherefore out, Rubio. Rubio in fifth with the same percentage as a Bush. Uh, Six. Christie, though Uh. it doesn't matter anymore. Sixth is on the verge of being out. I'm not sure whether Carly came in ahead of Carson or Carson came in of Carly. Uh, let's uh, go to, let's assume Carly came in seventh. Double because Carly's out as of about 40 minutes ago. Carly's out. And not being in the debate the other night probably cost her the difference between being able to go on to South Carolina and not. Hey, it's not ABC's fault. And that's the way, that's the way it always wake. That's the way it goes. 
That's show business. That's the business of show. That's politics. Number either seventh or eighth, Dr. Carson, who may or may not be out uh, before the sun rises. I think if he can afford it, he would be smart to stay in because there is an enormous minority vote as they head south, uh, next being South Carolina, which presumably, despite the fact that he's a conservative, would benefit him. So if he's hoping, of all the people who are deep into the second tier, who could, you know, make a rationale for themselves, for their families, for their campaign volunteers, and most importantly for the people writing the checks to keep the uh, oxygen flowing, he could probably construct a rationale to continue. Could Dr. Carson? Maybe. But that's how they finished. Trump, Kasich, Cruz, Bush, Rubio, Christie, and the rest doesn't matter. Were you surprised? Did, Did something happen that you didn't expect, for good or for ill, on the Democrat side or the Republican side? Were you surprised by anything? Were you particularly displeased, if not surprised, by anything? And, or, what do you read as the significance, if any, of these results as we head to South Carolina? I ask these questions of you quite literally at one 3393 if um, just a word uh, about my picks, and then we're going to go to the field and talk about where each one goes and what happens uh, a little bit more. Um, as for my picks, I, I realized that I was insufferable on Twitter last night and boastful, and those are boring and wrong. And and I apologize then for them. I apologize now for them and hope in the fullness of time that you will uh, forgive me for being boastful. I was elated because, you know, if a ball player who is on the back nine of his career goes out and, you know, finishes an important round of golf with four birdies or a baseball player gets up there and he's on the back nine of his career and he goes up and he goes three for four with, uh, you know, two doubles and a single. And, you know, he's had had a good day. And even though no one will pay a lot of attention, the fact is he'll be able to say to himself, you know, I still have it. I can still do it. I can still help my team. I still know what I'm doing. And so I admit to it being both pro bono publico and a little bit selfish because every week, every primary is, is a test for me as a professional politician, if you will. And last night I had, um, well, yesterday afternoon here with you in predicting what would happen last night and how and why 
I had one of my best nights in my of my career. And of course it makes me proud. And of course I admit that to you. And of course it makes me happy. And I, I you know, and I'm going to be wrong uh, sometimes. I'm not going to say I'm going to be wrong more than I'm going to be right because I, in 25 years I haven't been. And I'm not going to start to be either. But, you know, it'll happen now and then. Remember, though, that being right and being wrong doesn't always matter whether you picked one, two, three the right way or four, five, six the right way. Pre-analysis means here's what's likely to happen and why and in this order. And the most important predictions I made yesterday were that um, the most important one is that Kasich would finish second. No one else had that. Um, The other one was that the vote would be spread. The Trump would finish big and the vote would be spread. But maybe the most important one, because it's the most subtle and requires the most experience and judgment of the three, is that we talked about the fact that the middle of the field would be so bunched within the margin of error points within each other that it would be impossible within that narrow range to to predict who was three, four, five, you know, six. I took a shot at it, and that's where if you take three, four, and five, those were the only places I was wrong. Because instead of, you know, Bush Rubio Cruz, it turned out to be Cruz Bush Rubio or whatever. But within that narrow band, forget me, what I said was that's going to be impossible for anyone to predict because the prediction is not the actual numbers of each person or the exact placement. For three, four, and five, it's going to be who is within three, four, and five because they're all going to end up within, I said, four points of each other. They ended up within a point of each other. Uh, And then, of course, I picked six bang on like I did one and two. And um, so no excuses. I'm I'm happy and proud. Um, You'll note that we also talked about this. It was Christie who hurt Rubio, but he didn't get anything for it, did he? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. I just received, welcome back, Blaze Radio Network, Jaily News, Jay Severin, best and brightest, one 888 Just received a uh, a tweet from, from, come on here, old, old Betsy, here we go, uh, from Jill, uh, who offered me the correction that Cruz spent more per vote than I said. Uh, not the one dollar that uh, if she heard me correctly, and Jill, yes, you did hear me correctly. I believe that you, Jill, are counting the you are conflating the Trump campaign and the Trump super PAC money. 
that his, is not his money to spend, and so I don't count that. The Trump campaign spent a little more than $500,000, as reported by, uh, well, as nationally reported, which would put him at about a dollar a vote. So I think if you're looking at $18 per vote, you're counting the super PAC, which I'm not, I'm not trying to evade the facts here. I'm treating everyone the same, but I don't count the super PAC simply because the candidates do not control them, and therefore I'm not going to treat them as though they're within the candidate's control. Uh, but thank you, Jill. Uh, Lisa from Florida, welcome. Hey, Jay. Question. Hey, Lisa. What do you what do you think about Tim Scott and his endorsement of Rubio? What's going to happen? Do you mean Governor Scott? I uh, no, I uh, the senator. Is that the same nice guy? Um, the fellow from North Carolina, South, Car- South Carolina. Yeah, South South Carolina. I you know I don't yeah. know I don't know anything about Senator Scott, and and uh, I'm sorry to say, and therefore. I'm not acquainted with his poll numbers and how he's doing, but I will assume this much. If he's an incumbent United States senator from any state, and he's, he's African-American, yes? Yes. Yeah, there's the key. If he is a prominent statewide African-American elected official, and for whomever he goes, I think that's going to matter. Now, of course, it always matters more if the minority elected official is a Democrat. <laughs> Somehow minority voters find it easy to ignore the endorsement of a minority uh, office holder, no matter how important they are, governor, senator, uh, if, if they're white uh, or if they're or if they're I'm sorry, minority, duh. You know, if they're Republicans. So I think it will matter. And if you were a candidate, you'd want to have it. But if he's a Republican, and I think he is, uh, a minority Republican is always going to have less impact uh, as ever. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Partners, friends, I come not to praise Carly Fiorina, nor Chris Christie, nor Dr. Carson, but to bury them with their own help, evidently. Veritas. Best and brightest, welcome back. Jaily News on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. You, I trust you first heard here that 
the next step in all of this is going to be based on something we talked about a month ago, six weeks ago, and that is these lanes, establishing these lanes. How many passports, how many tickets? There's a lot of jargon out there, right? But how many how many people get their ticket punched out of Iowa for New Hampshire? How many people get passports issued out of New Hampshire for South Carolina and beyond? How many passports will South Carolina print for how many people? I think we have always known and we have always discussed it on this basis, on the following basis here, that ultimately there are there cannot be more than three lanes. I just don't see, I mean, it could be, but uh, what I, I don't think we've disagreed on this. I don't see how it happens. Do you? Has anybody changed their mind? I haven't. There are going to be three lanes, three tickets, and they will be what they were always going to be. The outsider lane, the establishment lane, and the conservative lane. Now, we can elaborate those titles by adding you know, derivative uh, dimensions. Like the conservative lane would include, you know, maybe evangelicals. And the outsider lane would include the tea partiers. And, the you know, and these things kind of are not all just distinct and different. A lot of these mix together. But the three lanes of traffic, when you get in one of those horrid traffic jams and you wonder why you've been creeping along at one mile per hour for the last 45 minutes, and you finally get up there, and it's like a toll booth, which is you know one of the great inventions of the, the... All toll booths were going to be temporary, you know. All toll booths in every state were put there uh, temporarily, quote-unquote, to help pay for a bridge or a road or something. And as soon as they collected the money to pay for the bridge, they were going to take the toll booths down. And then, of course, God invented unions. And I don't question God's inventions, but this is one of the ones, along with the rattlesnake um, I, and, and the short lifespan of dogs, I, I would, if I had to, if I were forced to, uh, in debate club, to take a position against those judgments. That's one of the ones I would pick. Uh, and, you know, toll booths, because you find after you've been held up for an hour and a half, going somewhere, uh, you know, day before Christmas, you find out it's because all of the traffic must funnel, all of the traffic must funnel down to three lanes. And then you look, and there are actually eight toll booths. But, of course, you're not you're not what they're thinking of. They're not working that day. They're union. So they're opening only three toll booths. And the toll booth is never going away, ever. Because there's never enough money and the union is not going to allow the loss of those eight jobs. So the toll booth is there forever. Okay? Politics is a toll booth. The lanes have always been there. Well, not always, but have in our lifetimes been there. And they, I suspect, I'm sad to say, will always be there for our children and grandchildren. And there are only three lanes that we funnel down into. And for the Republican nomination to be president of the United States, those three lanes will be 
this year, the outsider, the establishment, the conservative. Right now, Donald Trump is the outsider. He's not the only one with outsider DNA. Ted Cruz has an awful lot of outsider DNA. But there's no question that Ted Cruz does not own that lane. Donald Trump does. And nobody's going to take it away, conceivably, that I see. So Trump is the outsider. Trump's got a lane. Does Cruz have a lane? He does not as surely as Trump does. But I think that Ted Cruz, with every passing day, with every passing vote, with every passing caucus and primary, is going to show that he owns the conservative lane. One of the reasons these two guys own these lanes, by the way, has to do with not only their credentials in claiming them, but also the degree of effort and money someone else is willing to gamble spending to challenge them for it. Because if someone else in this race says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to abandon my strategy and I'm going to pour everything I have into challenging Donald Trump as the outsider. Good luck. We hardly knew ye, right? Okay, all right, to a lesser degree. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour everything I have into replacing Ted Cruz as the evangelical conservative as the conservative slash evangelical slash maybe Tea Party. Good luck! You know, I, I just don't see that happening. Any Anything is possible in a world of miracles, but that's what it would require. I think two of what I am nearly certain are only three lanes are taken. Trump's car is about to go into the toll booth. Cruz's car is about to go into the toll booth. They each have a lane. The toll booth, sorry, yeah, the toll booth lane that remains a little less jockeyed for now that uh, Carly has dropped out, still, though, is being contested for, like, as we've always described it, a blood game of musical chairs. Right? Every child knows musical chairs. Maybe it's a better analogy. Because every week the music stops while they take a primary vote or conduct a caucus. And right now, Trump knows which chair he's sitting in. Cruz, likely, less likely, but likely, knows which chair he's sitting in. But the remaining chair, the remaining lane, is being fought for in a knife fight between now Kasich, Bush, which was the chair Bush was always going for. You know, the good news for Bush last night was that he finished fourth. The really bet that's good. That's the best news that Heb Bush has had in 20 years is that he finished fourth. Somewhere, okay? He finished fourth last night. That's the good news. The bad news is that Kasich finished second. And now Heb has to contend with Kasich and with Rubio 
and until they drop out, and unless they drop out, Christie and Carson. Again, you got Trump in the the outsider seat, you got Cruz in the uh, conservative seat, and then when the music stops, you've got Bush, Kasich, Rubio, Christie, and Carson. And there, there ain't going to, no one's coming in with another chair. It's possibly based on a medical recommendation. They may come in with a super titanium enforced chair in case Christie stays in. Because if he sits on a regular chair, it will explode. But, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's, there, there are three lanes. There are three chairs. Now, that is theory. It's not from the Bible. And so, sure, sure, it could conceivably be wrong. I mean, there's a first time for everything, but I think that's what we're looking at. And I think that's what you are going to see. And as a matter of fact, as I tweeted during the break, reported today via several national sources, there is a leaked, and and most times it's not leaked, I mean, it's leaked, but it's, you know, it's it's leaked on purpose. There's a memo from the Bush campaign that says, okay, we recognize that our fate here rests on claiming sole status as the establishment candidate. Just as Karl Rove and Prince you know, the head of the Republican National Committee, Rince Priebus, Prince, just as all of the establishment rhino conservatives have always wanted and thought and believed and supported, they wanted Heb to be the nominee. Now, the miracle is that after the, one of the worst performances in modern American politics, Heb is still, quote unquote, in this. OK, but now he has to nail that down. Now he has to use South Carolina not to finish, but to at least get halfway to claiming his status as the only legitimate candidate of his kind. He has to stop the nonsense that maybe Kasich will be the nominee. Maybe it will be Rubio. Maybe it will be Christie. Maybe it will be Dr. Carson. There's one seat. There's four or five candidates. The singular strategic imperative for Heb Bush, and one of the most interesting things we will see in the next nine days, is Heb Bush trying desperately to become the single occupant of that third and establishment candidate lane. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. on the blaze radio network and these are my partners frank from north carolina welcome jay good afternoon how are you sir hey i am well thank you sir that's good so a couple quick things i know you have a lot lot to cover and a lot of people that want to talk to you hey it's your time um go well thank you 
So the other day, um, you were talking about the William F. I believe it was Buckley doctrine on voting for the most conservative candidate that can win. Yes, the William F. Buckley doctrine. I shall vote for. Yeah. I shall always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win. And that listening to that just resonated with me because uh, I'm in the same exact situation. And my thought is the the ideal candidate is someone with Cruz's constitutionality and Trump's grit. And I think that is what would resonate with the majority of everybody. You know, I when agree, I when I, I agree, when, when I, I, I might lobby Cruz, to change grit to. Uh, forgive me, insouciance, uh, or or uh, his fu attitude in in plain yes. in English, you know. Um, yeah. But I know what that I know that's what you mean by grit. So yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, when, when you know when I hear Cruz speak and and defend himself and go on an attack and you know pitch his position, you know I envision Cruz fights with a rapier. You know, and, and Trump's got a, you know, broken beer bottle and a chain. Yeah, yeah he's got a, bl- <laughs> so, he's one of those Scots, you know, you see that picks up one of these big sledgehammers. The other guy has a, yes. other right. guy has a, right. a rapier, as you say, a well-chosen, and he picks up like this sledgehammer. <laughs> right, right. Just, you know, no coos, no official training, just he's going to go in and sling at everything. <laughs> and so he says, if he you hits know, that, you, he's going to break whatever he hits. You know? <laughs> yes, and and you know there are times where where we do need that. We have a, we need a candidate that will do that, but not for everything, <laughs> just for some hey, things. How many wars have there been since my grandfather was born? And the answer is one, two, three, four, five, six that I can count not including military incursions. The United States has had six wars since 1900. Mm. That, you know, that means that war, as much as we, hideous as it is, and we don't want to think about it, if you're averaging six wars per century, more or less, you know, you're talking about a war every roughly 20 to 25 years, God help us. So we do need and have ever thus needed a commander in chief. Right. Yeah. A wartime consigliere. That's is what the yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, another another quick thing, um, you know, as far as Christie, uh, you know, torpedoing um, Marco Rubio the other night, I was watching that. And, and what I was thinking to myself is what I was seeing Christie doing, he, he knows he's out. Right. I mean, he may be a lot of things. I don't. I don't think he's stupid. What I think he was doing is stupid. trying. Yes, he's trying to position himself uh, for some other appointed position for whoever does get the nomination. So it's it, interesting it you should say that. And I don't want to steal your thunder. Are you about to follow this with any? Yeah. yeah well, connection with. Gonna... Go ahead. Go. Because go ahead. I, I, I don't want to. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I knew. Christie was not going to get any of Rubio's votes. However, whoever did, right, may take that as sort of, you know, here's my ally, you know, here's my my battleship that's, you know, off on my flank taking care of my light work, you know, and I'm going to make sure he gets appointed once we're back to shore, you know, right. that, that type of thing. 
Who do you think um, got Rubio's vote? So, see, yeah, that is a, a very good question. Uh, well, um, I'll give you the answer. I'll give you my answer. Sorry, I'll give you my answer. Sure, sure. Kasich. Sure. Uh, okay. Kasich. And, and so what I was going to say, I'm not sure if I was going to say Kasich, but based on the polling and the numbers, it seems like Trump pretty much rolled up to right where he was going to. Um, yeah. So I was—I definitely wasn't going to say Trump. Well, let me comment because um, I, I didn't want to steal it from you, and apparently it's not on your menu. So let me go ahead because okay. I think it will be sure. of interest to you based on what you've said. It is—it was kind of well, reported by a couple of national sources, but it rolled by quickly. And if you weren't listening carefully, uh, I almost missed it. And that is, Chris Christie spent an hour on the phone this morning. With another presidential candidate. Now, as I described earlier in the show, the schedule, whether you heard me or not, you can imagine what the schedule of a presidential candidate is. Now, that's any presidential candidate. Now add to it the temperament to spend an hour on the phone with somebody. Who would be least likely to spend an hour on the phone with anybody? Oh, Trump. (laughs) Bingo. Christie and Trump spent an hour on the phone this morning. Really? Hmm. Yeah. It's thus, thus it is reported. And so that folds right into the Frank theorem, so far as I can see. Yeah, that's like the, the subway series, you know, uh, New York, New Jersey ticket. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of like a, that's kind of like a very strong suspicion, maybe that right. that that Governor Christie is calling Donald Trump, and I don't think Trump called Christie. Uh, I no, think it's Christie yeah. calling Trump and saying, if I get out of this thing and sing your praises, endorse you you know, for the rest of the campaign, is there a possible right. future for me, maybe as Attorney right. General in a Trump yeah. administration? I think yeah, that's Attorney plausible. General or SCOTUS, sure, or a SCOTUS appointment or something, yeah. Yeah, but the fact I think you raise a great, right, though, a great question. I don't. I've, I've got to get out of here now, Frank. I appreciate. Thank you for the call, and uh, and a, a, a very provocative one, because it gets us thinking. If that's right, if they did talk for an hour this morning, who called who, and what did they want? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Back with you, partners, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. During the break, Bill T. tweeted a most interesting and provocative message. Uh, he passed along the Project 538, and you should look at them every day. It's, it's 538.com. <clears throat> By the way, one of my children, I think, is going to be involved in law and journalism. I'm not sure. There's no way to know. You know, how do you know these things? But if I had to guess, I'd say it's a pretty good guess. And I want her to know she's a student of this show, not of me. I'm her father. You think she's a student of me? 15? No. She's a student, though, of you. 
She's a student of of you, how you call, when you call, what you say, how it works, how the buttons work, how it gets done, how Brittany does it, how the, how how Ty does it, how the show's put together. And I want her to learn those things. One of the things I recommended to her, and I would recommend it to a fellow professional, Brittany, I think you would find this fascinating. You'd know it all, but you'd find it fascinating. Project 538, uh, in conjunction with somebody else, they're always doing other stuff, you know, like uh, cooperative ventures about the media. And they're trying to explain to people how media works. If you're old enough and politically astute and you remember the Howard Dean scream and then we're going to Washington and then we're going to Oregon and then we're going to Washington DC to take back our government. If you remember the Dean scream, they've done an anatomy of that, of the Dean scream and why it wasn't what it appeared to be. Now, I may or may not agree with their conclusions, but it's kind of hard to argue with them because they go through it from an engineer's standpoint. They explain to you how this was recorded, how it was mixed, why it's done that way, and it's fascinating. And I've always tried to learn as much about the technical end of the business as I could because I earlier in my career, it was my business to be out directing uh, 10 caravan film shoots across the state of Ohio for uh, uh, 10 days, uh, you know, with 50 people uh, all under my direction. So I wish I had learned it earlier. But in case you're interested in things like that, for amateur or professional reasons, go to 538.com slash Dean Scream. 538.com slash Dean Scream. That's it, period. That said, 538 is made up of, uh, headed by the, the child genius that was the polling guru for the New York Times. He's very, very, very good. And you never are going to waste your time. Whether or not you agree with it, you're never going to waste your time at 538. Okay. Bill T., tweets in during the break and directs my attention to a 538 piece I had not seen. And it was, uh, I've forgotten already. I was too busy recommending it to you. So now I have to look it up again and, um, and see what the hell it was. Uh, oh, okay. What if Republicans can't pick a nominee before their convention? Which caused me to tweet back to Bill This is the dream of the GOP establishment. You see, the two people at this point, and again, we're talking about not even a fraction of 1% of the delegates yet chosen. So to say we're early in the process is ridiculous. Look at the calendar. I don't know how I'm going to live through March. I mean, you look at the dates of debates and primaries and caucuses. We haven't even started yet. Thank you, God. Uh, I love this stuff, and I hope you do too. Anyway, we've just started. And even so, as of this moment, you look and you wonder on the Republican side, and you say, are there going to be more candidates? I don't think so. It could happen, but I, I don't expect it. And so all of a sudden, out of 17 candidates, 
We're now down to one, two, three, four, five. I think five by the end of the week. And so, oddly enough, out of 17 candidates, we're starting to wonder, gee, do we have enough? Now that we have only five, is there a president in there that we can get excited about? Well, the GOP establishment, the Republican Party, hopes not. Because they hate, right now, it looks like Trump or Cruz. If you had to say right now, and I underscore right now, at this very early date, but if you had to say right now who is likely to be the Republican nominee, you would have to say either Trump or Cruz. There'd be no other way, no rational way to guess as of this moment. Emphasis on as of this moment. Things happen, but as of this moment, right? Okay, the GOP hates that because they hate Trump and they hate Cruz. They hate them equally. I think they hate Trump more because he's a real conservative. They think they might be able to handle Trump. I don't know why they'd think that, but that maybe because he's not a doctrinaire. But they know who Trump is. They know who Cruz is, and they hate him. So now they're thinking, what do we do? I'll tell you what they do. They pray. They manipulate. They trick. They cheat. They steal. They lie. They stab. They kill. They do everything they can do so that we get to the Republican convention without someone having 642 or whatever it is, delegates. Because if neither Trump nor Cruz nor anyone else arrives at the Republican convention without enough delegates to win the nomination on the first vote, forget about it, as uh, Mr. Trump might say. Because as of that moment, the Republican Party, per se, the establishment party technocrats, not a candidate, but the party establishment machinery now owns the nomination. They will determine who gets the nominee via superdelegates and other manipulations. That's the answer to your very good question, Bill. Maya, long time no here. Hey, how you doing, hon? Hey. What's up, I baby? just wanted to, uh, well, a lot, actually. I heard that there was yeah. like a, a rally or something or a they were voting a couple of days ago. I was confused. I was watching a beaver marathon, okay? Um, I wanted to read this to you real quick. <laughs> I've seen that. I've got beaver marathon one through five, actually. But I, but don't but don't tell Mrs. Severin. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to pass this over to you. I just came across this uh, this morning. It's uh, the definition of death throes. The process yes. of dying or ending yes. in a very it, it, it says C C Chris Christie. Yes, <laughs> he was. You, this had to happen to him, and I'm convinced it was intentional. Nobody went to New Hampshire. The uh, well, the last three or four went to New Hampshire looking for another seat on the administration. Okay, an I additional don't think, seat. No, no, I don't think so either. Chris, yeah, Christie wasn't. But, but Christie believed by moving in to New Hampshire, he could mm-hmm. put in enough, you know, sweat and uh, sweat equity that he could. Mm-hmm. End, no, no problem for him, by the way, uh, that he could end up owning that seat. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the part that's interesting about this. He went totally bully. He went dean on Rubio. I'm yeah, not saying Rubio. You know what I'm saying? Um, he did. 
Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't des- deserve it on some level. I mean, we just have to look at Rubio's record. But but, he but went- what's what's odd about it is you do that always at a cost. When you're going to go nuclear, yes. it's always at a cost, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always if you're going to pay that cost, Maya, it seems to me if you're going to pay that cost, you want to get something back. And if his advisors mm-hmm. could sit down with him with survey work and say. For you know, every vote you cause Rubio to lose by making him bleed, mm-hmm. you get that vote. Or out of five votes that he loses, you get three. That, so you say, go ahead, go nuke. But in the absence of such information, you know what? You know maybe you're so desperate that your numbers tell you, no matter how you do it, and no matter who gets the votes, you've got to take down Rubio because if you don't, there's no path for you. Absolutely. I mean, we all know there has to be at least five different conversations taking place in the back room. Every day, these people have to get together. And and really, uh, Christie was the best at, at tearing people down. I mean, he's right up there with Trump. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm from Philly. I'm a Philly girl. Okay? Born, bred, and so raised. So you're used to attack dog politicians. Hey, you between Philly, New Jersey, and New York, okay? (laughs) You're basically sitting there, and we invented your mama so fat. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I love that humor. Oh, God. God. But it's going to be interesting because Jeb needed to sit down. Um, One more thing. You remember the film uh, Failsafe. Oh, I play it. Oh, I watched it most recently, not not a month ago. Absolutely. Okay. I, I go there, too. Uh, and the thing that I loved about that film was Larry Hagman. Um, was it was like they were. Su- yeah, I know. It was like they were totally surprised that they actually had someone who could speak uh, Russian. Not only and, speak it, Maya, but feel it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm like looking at this and I'm wondering, shouldn't our Republican candidates be equipped as well? Why aren't they? Why isn't there someone in the uh, on these teams who know what it's like to deal with somebody from New Jersey, who is aware of of what socialism is? So that way, the talking points become more relevant and not just. Well, the, the answer we both know whether we like the answer or not, Maya, we know the answer is Trump. Yeah, this is true. It's true. You know? <laughs> and and you know, I love you him put for a, it. <laughs> put Trump in a room with either a socialist from Moscow or a socialist from Camden, uh, you know, uh, and and he's going to he's not going to be cowed either way. But like I said, we invented that stuff. The fact that Trump is doing it and left and right, and Christie is second at it. Um, if if the if the war could be run won just by running your mouth off, uh, we <laughs> we'd be fine. America, you are seeing East Coast right now in, in more ways. Than this is who we are. It's like are. East West rap wars. My, I've got to go. You're always a delight. Uh, and I, I would say I want to live to see the history when. Uh, a President Trump stares down a President Putin because he tells the Yo Mama joke that shuts everyone in the room up. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393, which led Kirk to, uh, Kurt to us from Illinois. Thank you for your patience. Hi, Jay. Hey, real quick. So, first, I think this is the year of the forest fire, because in both parties, the establishment old growth is being burnt away, and their cries... Kurt, for we're losing which... what you have to say, oh, because I can't sorry. hear you. It's it's what? all whack. So uh, can, uh, can you real quick try to okay. call us back? We've only got a couple better? of minutes, but yes, try okay. again. So, okay, that's better. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Let hear it. So Trump is. Uh, oh, this is the year of the forest fire because the old growth in both political establishment parties are being burnt away, and the well old said. the old guard is. Uh, crying in agony, which is music to my ears. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> I think um, the reason, uh, two reasons why Trump is doing so well, and I know this is kind of a late topic, but first one, uh, obviously, again, the uh, year of the forest fire. Two is that because Trump has been in reality TV all his years, he is actually a better finger on the pulse of the United States than the pollsters and the politicians do. And so he is actually able to gauge because he knows how to build an audience and he's able to gauge better the American population in each demographic. Not as not as well as the pollsters, but you never know how much of what you see on reality TV are the marketing department telling him do more of this, less of this. But I don't deny he is a natural born performance artist. And no matter how much advice you get, if you're not a natural-born performance artist, it doesn't matter. You're going to suck. And the difference is, look up on that stage, every debate, every appearance, every day. Donald Trump is a fish in water. Every other candidate, including mine, is like a bass that you took out of the water and put on your boat. It's flopping around, sucking air. It doesn't know where it is or what's going to happen to it. But Donald Trump is like a goldfish in that bowl, swimming around, cool. owning it. He, just, he's a performance artist. And in, in terms of the... Yeah, go ahead. Hold on, uh, Kurt. Uh, uh, Brittany, go ahead. Breaking news, Kurt, and one and all. Thank you, Britt. Chris Christie. Did he eat someone? Gone. Chris Christie. Kurt, we'll have to continue tomorrow. Please call. I'm sorry you got uh, short-shrifted here by breaking news. Uh, Thanks to Brittany. We know that uh, New Hampshire did play the cruel role of nature in thinning the herd. Carly's gone. Christy's gone. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.